Welcome to the Fried Hartman Leadership Podcast from the Center for Excellence in Spiritual Leadership, the podcast dedicated to developing and encouraging spiritual leaders for the kingdom. Welcome to the FHU Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Josh Ketchum, and this is Season 1, Episode 4 of our podcast. And today, we have Dr. Justin Rogers with us. Welcome, Justin. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me. Justin has um, been a teacher here at Fried Harmon for 11 years now? 12. 12 years, and he will be becoming the new dean of the College of Bible in June. That's right. Congratulations to that, and we look forward to serving uh, with and under him in that role. Today, he's come on the podcast to discuss with us his recent book, which is a book on leadership entitled Courage to Lead, which is published by Last to Leaders. Justin, can you begin by telling us how this book uh, came about? Sure. So one of the things that Lads to Leaders has a great reputation of doing is uh, training younger people, especially from elementary ages on up through school, uh, to serve as leaders, as song leaders, as preachers, and that sort of thing. But uh, they're finding that one of the problems in the church is not having enough adult leaders willing to step up and step into leadership roles. And so this book uh, was designed, in fact, they asked me to write it for maybe younger people in the church who could be encouraged to step into leadership and prepare themselves to take over a program like a Lads to Leaders program so that you can mentor the next generation in the church. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the original idea was was expressed to you from the people at Lads. Right, yeah. And, and you really certainly took the book and the idea and the concept and ran with it well. Um, I, I would like to say that, and I think kind of dispel any, any notions here, the book is, is not just for those who are using the Last Leaders program. Right. That's right. Yeah, it's kind of standalone. It's not even really integrated in with the Lads to Leaders materials, uh, although I don't think it, it uh, stands in the way of any mm-hmm. of those. But it's really for congregations to use to equip people in feeling more comfortable stepping into leadership roles. A lot of people are intimidated by leadership, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that we see that, especially in the church. Younger people feel like, well, I'm not ready, or I don't know enough, or I'm not respected enough, or I don't have enough time, or what, whatever the excuses are. And this book is really intended to say, you know, you're probably leading and not realizing it wherever you are, and so just take advantage of the opportunities that are already right in front of you, and you'll be a leader. Yes. So, so in thinking about um, kind of what was the target audience of the book in terms of gender and age that you were kind of thinking? Well, of course, when we think about church leadership, we're thinking primarily of, of young men, mm-hmm. uh, especially those who are between the ages of, say, 25 and 35. Maybe they're just starting a family, their early career. They haven't given much thought to church leadership, but those are the people that we really need to be cultivating that desire in because those are going to be where your deacons come from and eventually where your elders come from. So, that was really the target audience, although I think that probably anyone of any age can read and use this. Uh, I, I know some elderships have used this book to discuss uh, leadership amongst their their elders, mm-hmm. just within that group. So I don't think it's limited to that, but that's what I had in mind when I wrote mm-hmm. the book, yeah. Yes, I, of course, this is a podcast going out to uh, church leaders, and, and certainly this is a, a book that what we're suggesting is that we feel will be very valuable for you, and it's a resource that someone from Fried Harmon has, has offered that we think is, is very valuable. And so um, so we've talked a little bit about this, but what was the aim or goal in, in the uh, content you put into the book? We, we talked about the audience and who you wanted to kind of reach with it, 
So then what content entered the book to achieve that goal? Okay. So the, the book was, of course, intended to be sort of broad because of the need for leadership being sort of a broad-based kind of thing. And so I didn't, um, I didn't have a specific goal. You know, some leadership books are written uh, to design uh, a leader for a specific area. This is really a book that could apply to everything from the church to business to education to anything. Uh, so the principles are very broad. But what I had in mind for the book, my ultimate goal, would be that church leaders would take it up, and it makes them better people. Mm-hmm. It, it makes them better leaders in the businesses they, they work for. It makes them better leaders in the homes. It makes them better leaders in the church. And so it was really broader than even just the church, although I think the principles hold. You know, one of the things about leadership is that, that the same principles sort of transcend all areas. And uh, the things that make a person a really good husband and father also make that person usually a pretty good boss to work for or make that person a really good elder. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what we were going for. And so I read really broadly in an effort to assemble all this information and distill things down into a 13-week study. So it is designed to be studied in a Bible class for a quarter, although you know you could easily write a book that's 10 times that length and not exhaust everything. Well, that's one of my uh, big compliments of the book is that, of course, I recently have have finished a doctorate in leadership, and, and I told you, of course, I used this book in our biblical leadership class here at the undergraduate level, and I'll say some more about what the students have thought about the book in a moment, but uh, this book, uh, in 13 chapters, and it's only around 100 and something pages, yeah, 99, 98 pages or so, but it really is covering and hitting all the major themes and topics in leadership that we're seeing today, mm-hmm. but it does that in a very brief and succinct and, and clear way at a local congregational Bible class level. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I, to me, that's one of the real values of this book is the broad survey. And, and when we're thinking about that, someone might think, this, listen to this podcast, well, this is just another book about elders and deacons, yep. going through the qualifications, going through deacons and that kind of thing. But that's not really what this is at all, is it? No, I really don't talk much about elders and deacons, honestly, in the book. Because, like I said, if you think about the target audience, it really wasn't for people who are already leaders. It was about getting people to think about leadership and to step into leadership roles. So it's really before they reach the deacon-elder point. Uh, that's really what the book was for. So, no, it doesn't talk much about elders and deacons. So if you're, if, you're, if you're looking for a book to answer questions you have about what the husband of one wife means, this is not the place yes. to go. It really doesn't deal with that issue. But it is a book that I think uh, creates conversation. One of the things I really wanted to do with it is to create a book that would generate conversation and maybe even debate uh, in a, or when leaders make mistakes. It's okay to own that. People will forgive that in a way that they've never, at least in modern times, been willing to do yeah. before. And they respect you. And, and they yeah. respect knowing the, the thought process of the decisions. In other words, as you were mentioning, even in public announcements, if you just let them know, this is what we're looking at, this is our thoughts, uh, they will be much more receptive then. Mm-hmm. If they feel informed, whatever decision you right. make, they will follow you better in that decision right. if they feel like, You've let them in on the whole process, and you've acknowledged any um, any faults in it. Yeah, well, that's another chapter about communicating. Yeah, right. The importance of communicating, and I think there is a time to keep some things from the congregation, but those probably are not very common. I think it's always best to over communicate when in doubt. 
Yeah. And and over communicate means you've got to communicate a lot more than you think you right. have because right. you think you've communicated but you really haven't. They, I was reading something recently that said that basically you've got to communicate a message seven times before it's really yeah. received. Um, even though you think it's received the first. And, of course, being teachers, we understand that truth, right? <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You, you, you've communicated it on the syllabus. You've read the syllabus to them. You've told them this, but yet they still don't know the, the date or the <laughs> when it's due. Um, and so we talked about the emphasis on vulnerability. What was your favorite chapter? Yeah, we've already talked about it a little bit, but I think the culture one was my favorite chapter. It's probably the one I'm least happy with, too. Uh, I would probably change a lot of things if I could go back and rewrite the book, but... Uh, the culture one is the one that I feel like is most important, but also the one that I feel like I could have done an even better job at yeah. explicating. But you probably always feel that way when you write a book. But um, I, I'll tell you, the the whole um, process that, lead, that led up to this book, uh, the first chapter on leading yourself, was probably one of the uh, hardest chapters to write not just because it was the first, and sometimes it's hard to mm -hmm. get a book off the ground when you write the first chapter, but also because leading yourself is something that seems like such a simple thing, and yet it's really hard to think of yourself as a leader. Mm -hmm. So how do you communicate in terms where people can start to view the everyday things that they're already doing as leadership? Yes. And another way, that, and there's been more written on this since I wrote this book, but uh, the concept of influence mm -hmm. and how influencing has become like a, a study in the social sciences, like how do you become an influencer? And, you know, think about Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point, which kind of started a lot of this about influencers and mavens and stuff like that. But I think that um, leadership and influence are probably not as different as people often think. Mm -hmm. So if you're influencing somebody, you are a leader. Mm -hmm. And so if I could change anything, I might actually emphasize that point more if I could go back and write the book all over again. But it has been emphasized in the literature since I wrote this book. So, yes. uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But that gr great point, great thought on that, too. And so you've mentioned this a little bit, but this book's been out for uh, two or three years. What was the publication on it? I don't The date. Anyways, while I'm finding that, it came out in... 2021. So it's been out a couple years. How have churches used it and what's kind of been the reception? And then that kind of leads into uh, hopefully we've convinced people that they should use it in their congregations. Um, and so how can people get a copy of it? Okay. So how it's been used is often in congregational Bible class settings. It is designed for 13 weeks, so it's, it lends itself easily to a quarterly study. And uh, I've heard of churches using it really in two different ways. Some people have used it actually as an auditorium-based study mm -hmm. where everybody is in there, men and women, people of all ages, and they just talk about principles of leadership. And I will mention that in every chapter, there's a three-part structure. There is the, um, the uh, uh, a, uh, principle, a passage, and a point. So there are three parts. It's kind of like every chapter is a main point, but there's also a biblical illustration of that point. So you can use it as a Bible class book, even though it's it's about leadership generally. But um, the other way it's been used is by groups of elders and deacons in larger congregations. Groups of elders and deacons study it together. And so it's just the, if you want to call it leadership team, that is studying the book and not just anyone. And uh, I've, I've heard that it's generated a lot of discussion, some controversy 
Uh, lots of people, when you write a book, this is true, lots of people feel compelled to tell you how they disagree with things that you've written, uh, which tells you two things. Number one, they've read it. Number two, they've thought about it. So, hey, disagree or not, that's fine with me. It generated conversation and thought. That's good. That's, mm -hmm. it, it accomplished its goal. I'm not claiming this book is like the, the golden text to answer all your leadership questions either. If you disagree with everything that's in there, but your church becomes better as a result, the book has accomplished its purpose as far as I'm concerned. Um, but you can order a copy uh, on Lads to Leaders website, L2L. And so you can order for a, a congregation. You can order for individuals, as many or as few as you want. And it's entitled Courage to Lead, and that's uh, Lads to Leaders website. We um, appreciate Dr. Rogers being on here with us and, and talking about the book. Any, any final thoughts uh, as we kind of review and summarize our thoughts today on the book? Well, I appreciate the work of the Center of Excellence in Spiritual Leadership. Appreciate the leadership workshop that we have in the fall. Appreciate your leadership, Josh. And I hope that we can equip more and more churches with better and better leaders. Amen. I, I would I appreciate those thoughts and, and the encouragement. I would say, too, that um, if your congregation is, is, is not doing anything for building the next generation of leaders, then really look at at making some plans to start investing in the future. And if you do not invest, then the years will go by very quickly and you're, you're looking around, you're saying, where are our elders gonna come from? Where are our deacons gonna come from? And so start planning it and using a resource like this to help people begin to get a vision and to believe that they are capable of being an elder, being a deacon, to start putting those seeds in their minds when they're in high school and even when, especially when they're in their early 20s and 30s start thinking about that. So we would really encourage you in that work. It will pay big dividends in the long run. Well, we encourage you to rate our podcast. We thank you for listening. We encourage you to continue to listen, and we um, would like to invite you to make any comments uh, to us, or if you have questions about the show, you can email me at joshketchum, that is jketchum, at fhu.edu. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fried Harmon Leadership Podcast. For more great content and to see the services the Center for Excellence in Spiritual Leadership offers, your local congregation, please visit www.supportingspiritualleadership.com. Until next time, remember, God uses ordinary people to lead His people into extraordinary feats.